Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Creators Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, Chloe, and I want you to know that my intention behind this podcast is and always will be to expand your heart and your mind and help you discover new ideas, thoughts, and ways of being. I hope that with each episode, you leave this space feeling inspired, filled with love, and ready to take action in creating a life that is worth living. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 18 of my podcast. Today, I'm having a recurring guest. Uh, Gina. I spoke with her, I think, on episode three when I was first starting this podcast. I spoke with her about intergenerational trauma and healing past wounds and things like that. And it was a really great podcast, one of my most listened to podcasts, actually. And I'm excited to have Gina back because obviously over the years, we've really evolved in our ways of thinking and being. And today we're going to talk about um, navigating free love um, and that whole concept if you don't know what that is and kind of polyamory and just conscious love making and all of that good stuff because everyone loves a juicy relationship podcast and although I have done one relationship style podcast with my friend Holly I think this one will be a lot more um a lot more triggering topics I think for a lot of people because it's so um, against the grain of what people normally do in relationships and I think it'll be really expansive for those of you who are wanting to you know switch it up in your love life or create something different with your partners so I'm really excited to have Gina back on the podcast and yeah we're gonna dive into it. <laughs> Amazing so happy to be here. Yeah it's gonna be epic we're definitely gonna just free flow conversation as always, because I actually haven't talked to Gina much about her um, current relationship status and love approach. So it'll be really interesting for me as well and really organic um, conversation. So I hope you're excited. Uh, before we get into that, Gina, I'll ask you the first question, which is what is your favorite personal practice as of lately? Oh, so it's something that I often do every day, but sometimes I miss it, though I want to get into the habit of doing it every day. I feel like we all say that. But for <laughs> me, it's waking up and doing a morning flow. So whether that's a yoga flow or just stretching, anything to just really gently and lovingly wake up my body, that's something that has me feeling so good at the start of each day. And then after that, I either journal or I read. And lately I've been doing a lot of reading. I've just been flying through a book a month or two books a month. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite practice as of late. Mm, love that. I love to do like when you first wake up in the morning and you just, I roll over into um, fetal position and stretch out my arms and my back and then do like cat cow and cobra and all the things for like 10 15 minutes and it's so good i've also been yeah. reading like 100 books a month i can't stop i'm like on the book i'm a bookworm right now yeah it's so addictive what are you reading right now i'm reading a one with all of life by eckhart tolle it's really nice really quick and then eden bound which is healing cancer and trauma with fruits and what else am I reading? 
Entangled Life by Meredith Sheldrake. It's like a about mycelium networks and how mushrooms basically run our entire world. And it's so fascinating. I need to read that. That sounds amazing. We recently, well, not recently, I've watched it a couple of times, but as a household, there's three of us living together. We recently watched Fantastic Fungi all together. And there's a kid that lives on our street that has a starter. And we're like, dude, do we give him some of our mushies? (laughs) (laughs) I think I've watched Fantastic Fungi like 10 times because I just can't get enough. It's so good. I'm like, can we get a Fantastic Fungi part two? Part three, part four, part five. (laughs) I would have loved that. Yeah. Well, at the moment, because you shared what you're reading, I want to share what I'm reading. So I just finished Mindful to Mindful by Om Swami. It's a really beautiful, gentle, short and really funny book on mindfulness, Zen wisdom. And just yesterday, I started Being in Love by Osho. Osho books, but I feel I need to because I love I've seen little bits of his work and it seems amazing. Yeah. I feel like it's very relevant for my life right now. Just like expansive love, letting more love in, letting go of the poisons of love, like jealousy, resentment, um, yeah, anger, all the things that block love. It's like, oof, those things are not love. Let go of it. And that's literally where I'm at right now in my life. Like any trigger, any jealousy, any insecurity, any inadequacy. It's like, Gina, you're confronted with it. Now what the fuck are you doing about it? So, yeah, what's <laughs> come at the best time. I love that. Okay, well, let's dive right into it. And I guess we could start by you just explaining like where you're currently at um, relationship and love wise and how that's kind of evolved over the last, I don't know, like six months, would you say? Or I know it's been a long time coming, but I guess since you got at start where you got out of a relationship with your previous partner. Yeah, For sure. I'll share the brief overview story and feel free to jump in and ask as much questions as you want because I'm an open book with all of this. Though, yeah, I essentially ended a five-year-long relationship with my childhood best friend. We were friends for over 20 years, dated for five years. And then I got to a point, actually, when we were traveling in Hawaii, Chloe, you and I, (laughs) where I realized, holy shit, this isn't a relationship that I'm happy with. And from that point, it still took me another eight months to actually end it because I had so much guilt and like, fuck, he's actually a great guy. Everyone loves him. He doesn't abuse me. Like how I watched my dad abuse my mom. Like he's a great guy. All these things stopped me from breaking up with him. And then when I finally did it, holy shit, the relief I felt, it was such a good decision. So I just want to share that part of that story because if you're in a relationship right now and something deep down is telling you that it's not the right one, listen to your intuition. It is not lying to you. So, yeah, I ended that really consciously, really lovingly. I told him that, like, I I love him. I respect you so much that we're not growing in a a similar way. And that's totally fine. And it was really heartbreaking for me and for him to go through that. And I'm so glad I did. And then after a few months of, like, being on my own and just doing my own thing and just having myself feel really secure and confident and good in myself, I started dating again. And I had so much fun dating. I was (laughs) very adamant that I was not going to get into a relationship in a long time, like at least a year, maybe two years. I was like, fuck this. I'm having so much fun dating, so many different people I can explore, so many connections. I was also very interested in not just men, but also women. And I was interested in exploring that because I hadn't in the past other than a few like kisses or hookups here and there. Um. And yeah, essentially, I ended up moving to where I am now. I live in Byron Bay. 
And once I got here, I established very organically a few relationships with different men that were incredibly loving, beautiful, romantic, just beautiful relationships. And I had it known from the start with each person that I was not interested in monogamy. I wanted to continue dating other people and I encouraged them to do the same. So naturally, I was doing polyamory. I had, I think, at one point, five different partners, five different lovers. And naturally, it just flowed so beautifully that one was free when one wasn't. And like, it never overlapped. It was always just a perfect, seamless thing. And then in February this year, I met Maddie, who is my current partner. And same thing on the very first day, I asked him a question because I could tell the moment I met him, I was like, okay, he's going to be another partner of mine. I just knew it. I was like, fuck yeah, full body. Yes, I want, I want you. So when we were at dinner, I was like, hey, I just want to know what are your expectations for relationships right now? What are you looking for? Are you looking for monogamy? Are you just here for casual hookups? Let me know. And he kind of sat back. He was like, what the fuck? You don't want to ask this question. And he's like, you go first. I was like, okay, well, right now I'm dating multiple people. I'm really, really enjoying my life. I got out of a five-year relationship. I don't want to be like tied down or, yeah, with one single person because I'm having so much fun. Um, But, yeah, keen to explore. What about you? And he just starts laughing. He's like, you're kidding, right? I'm like, no, why? And he's like, I'm doing the exact same thing. Like, I'm not looking for one person. I have a couple beautiful girlfriends at the moment. They all know it's all very honest and communicative. Like, a way that people describe this kind of dating is um, ethical non-monogamy because it's not like you're with someone and you're lying and you're cheating on them with someone else. No. You tell them you're honest. It's very trusting. Um, And, yeah, it's just a really beautiful way to set boundaries and expectations. So, yeah, from that point, Maddie and I had been inseparable I was with him for three days and nights straight. And then I left on a holiday with one of my partners. We went away for two weeks exploring. And then I came back and it was me and Maddie again, like nonstop every day, boom, 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 boom. And then I went away for another week, came back. And again, we spent every day together to the point where I was looking for a new place to live. And because we spent every single night together, I was like, yo, do you want to maybe move in? And he was like, fuck yeah. So we ended up moving in. And the funny thing is, During that time, as me and Maddie got closer and closer and closer, all of my other partnerships, without even trying or saying anything, naturally faded away, just turned into friendships so seamlessly. And the exact same thing happened with Maddie and all of his partners. So, yeah, we've been dating since Feb. It's now November. And in the last three months, um, We recently met someone. We met an incredible divine goddess who I absolutely adore. Her name is Ruby. And, yes, I've asked them if it's okay for me to drop their names. They were both like, yeah, cool, we don't care, like you do you. Um, But, yeah, we've established a really beautiful, tantric, loving relationship between her and I. And I invited her to enjoy myself and Maddie in a, an emotionally, spiritually and sexually, physically capacity. Um, and it's been really beautiful. And now she's living with us. So that's the current situation. Um, and yeah, I'll leave it at that. What questions do you have for me? That was a phenomenal summary oh considering God. the amount of shit that's happened in the last eight months. So well done. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, I would say, first of all, I admire 
about what I admire a lot about like everything that you shared and also the fact that I knew you when you were with Dave and I know you now, like through this experience, it's really admirable that you were able to go from a five-year committed relationship with one partner and like obviously it was very um, inclusive to exiting that relationship and still having that like really fiery confidence and like I don't, you know, I'm not going to allow the fact that I just spent five years of my life with this person to like weigh me down or make me feel like I wasted my time or my life or like whatever. And I'm just going to honor like I'm single and I'm a goddess and I'm epic and I'm going to just enjoy connecting with others. And yeah, I just love that because a lot of people when they get out of relationships, they just live in this like pity party mindset of like, I wasted like five years of my life. Like I wish I would have known. And instead you just embodied like full acceptance. Like I'm really happy for what happened with Dave and I, I learned so much. I grew so much. Now I have so much contrast in understanding what I want and I'm just gonna, you know, see what happens and allow my, and just open myself up to possibilities. Like I don't have an attachment to, you know, what's going to happen. I don't have an attachment to a person or a result or an outcome. Like I just want to see what happens. And that's so admirable because when you live from that state or when you operate from that state, that's when you allow love to flow. And that's exactly what, you know, your story and your experience is an example of that. Cause like Maddie's come into your life and Ruby's come into your life and you've just allowed whatever happens to happen. And you just surrender to that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it really is a surrendering. It's one of those things that you can't force. And if you are forcing it, it's going to be shit. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. That comes with a lot of challenges as well. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely get into the challenges, but I think that also that you have to accept with love in general and with relationships is having a more conscious approach. And in having a more conscious approach, you realize and you recognize that not everything has to be so black and white with relationships. Like we kind of follow this like go-to handbook that I don't know who gave this handbook to us, but like, I don't know, movies or romantic comedies gave us this like handbook on how relationships should be and what connections with other human beings should be like. And it's very, um, almost stale to me, like very, you know, why would we all follow this? Like, why would we all assume that this is how relationships should be? And when you just decide like, wait, I want to think outside the box a little bit for a second, like what are other opportunities within love and within connecting with other human beings, male or female, like what does that look like? And what, what could that be like? And how could I shoot that idea down if I haven't fully like entertained it, you know, and we don't have kids, we don't have responsibilities that make these types of interactions more difficult. So why not explore them, you know, and recognizing like there can be different seasons, you know, like you can go through seasons where I think for a bit, like you and Maddie were like fully, like just doing you, you two, you know, like you and Maddie chilling, hanging out and loving each other and appreciating each other's company. And then there's seasons where like you're open and like you're exploring other things and And I experienced that in my own life too, you know, like sometimes I think like, oh, I want to be in a committed partnership. And then I like start dating a guy. And whilst I'm dating that guy, I like meet another guy out at dinner, like out somewhere. And I feel really called to connect with them because I'm like, wow, I'm like really vibing with this guy. I'm super attracted to him. Like I feel a strong desire to 
connect with him. But then there's the other part of me that like feels guilty, like, no, I shouldn't do that. But I don't like that, you know, because I don't want to put like a limit on how I can express myself and my love and my connections. So I do like, I'm excited to talk to you more about your challenges and the different obstacles you've worked through. Yeah, 100%. You said so much there that I want to like, just expand on. They're just the most recent one about how if you're dating one person and then you have a connection with someone else, whether it's a man, a woman, an alien, it doesn't matter. Who are we to stop someone else from experiencing and exploring a connection? Like we went out to a festival recently and there were so many beautiful humans. Who am I to stop Maddie from speaking to someone else when it's a beautiful connection? And who is he to stop me from exploring another connection? That could be a really beautiful dance, could be a beautiful eye gaze for a little while, could be a kiss. Who knows what it can be? But who are we to stop someone else from expressing all of the guilt and the shame and the, oh, I'm a cheater or I shouldn't do this? It's all conditioning. It's all conditioning only from, I think, the last, I'm completely making this up, but I'm going to guess the last two to 3,000 years, maybe even less than that. I don't know if you've read Sapiens. Have you read Sapiens? No? Okay. So there's this one part of the book. I couldn't finish it. It was a bit boring for me, but um, there's one part of the book that I really loved. And it, it talks about how, I think it was 50,000 years ago. I could be wrong on the number. I read it like a couple of years back, though there, people used to live in tribes. And in this particular tribe, When a woman was to fall pregnant, they wouldn't know who the father was because it was free love. Everyone was just free to explore and enjoy. So when a woman fell pregnant, at this point in history, they didn't understand how human biology worked or reproduction worked. So what they did is they encouraged that woman to sleep with the best hunter, the strongest man, the best cook, the best this, the best that, because they believe that the collective energy will get embodied into that baby. And then when that child is born, Everyone treats it as its own. And that is so fucking beautiful. And me just remembering that, I was like, huh. That was like the first kind of perspective shift that I needed to be like, huh, I like that. (laughs) I love that. And but what's funny is like when a lot of people listening even hear something like that, they're like, oh, like I would never want that or like that's horrible. But if Instead, you just like sit with it for a moment and be like, oh, that's actually just another really beautiful perspective and approach to raising a child or to like conceiving a child even. And just like accept that. Like, oh, that's cool, you know, and kind of entertain like, what would that be like for me, you know? Yeah, for sure. And even with this stuff, with opening up a relationship or exploring different things, like, yeah, you're right. There was a point very soon in the beginning when Maddie and I first moved in that week, we had a conversation and he's like, look, I'm at a point right now. We were also heading into a festival and normally at festivals, you know, you lose your inhibitions, you're kind of dancing, you meet a lot of beautiful people, things can get a bit wild. And he's like, Gina, I'm at a point right now where I feel like if you were to go into someone else's tent or have an intimate moment with someone else, I would feel really hurt. So I just want to feel, hear you out. How would you feel if I was to do that right now? And I was like, look, right now I'm falling so deeply in love with you. Um, I would feel the same. So at that point, we were like, okay, let's be monogamous right now. And we had an actual discussion about it because before that we were open and poly, if you want to label it, the way that Maddie labeled it from the day I met him, which I really love, is free love. We are free to share, express, give and receive our love however we see fit, however feels good. And I think labeling things as poly or open or whatever else as a thruple or whatever you want to call it, 
can put limitations because people make assumptions. So really it's like everything you may assume about me and my current relationship with the two people that I'm dating right now is probably not what you think. A lot of people assume, wow, he's with two girls. He must be getting sex all the time, like nonstop blowjobs, like all this kind of stuff. And it's like sometimes, but for the most part, imagine how difficult it is dating one person. No, imagine dating two. <laughs> it's fucking hard. Um, but yeah, we were monogamous for a while. And then when the time came and we met Ruby, we had her over one evening celebrating her birthday and we could just feel there was a vibe. There was such an attraction the whole way through. And naturally it progressed to me and her being intimate. And then the next time around us three getting intimate and it was a really beautiful progression. And then from that point, we've now very recently had the discussion where we are now all free and open to explore whoever and wherever. Now in saying that, that doesn't mean that I have gone straight away a guy that I've met in the surf or wherever, gone on a date with him. No, that hasn't happened. And if that was to happen and I did feel that pull, I'm not going to just go and do it. I'm going to go and speak to Maddie first and be like, hey, I've met someone. Um, There's kind of a vibe. Just want to see how you feel about that. And really take note of how he's feeling as he would for me. We've actually done a role play on this. Um, And when he did it to me the first time, I was in tears because he did the role play from like date one to date five and like date three or four, they like slept together. It was a full on role play. And I was like, yeah, it really hurts. I feel really inadequate. I feel really insecure. And all this stuff came up and this stuff will come up. Like even for us inviting Ruby into this relationship, jealousy comes up. And with jealousy, jealousy is simply a sign of something deeper, normally insecurity or inadequacies. So for me, I'm just like, wow, I'm not actually jealous. I actually love Ruby inside and out. I adore her. She's a, an incredible human being. She's like a mirror of like the divine goddess, divine feminine that I am. It's a beautiful reflection. Like touching her and being intimate with her is like being intimate with myself. It's just oh, the most divine experience I've ever had, like being with her. Though even with that, seeing them two together, I'm just like, whoa, this isn't jealousy because I'm jealous of her or jealous of what may go wrong because nothing can go wrong. Like I really have the perspective that if a relationship was to, let's say, go wrong or break up, that's never a bad thing because I'm just like, dude, there's an abundant amount of beautiful people in this world that I can connect with and how beautiful that we have the opportunity to love so many different people. Um, But yeah, with each progression, it's always a conversation and allowing a checking in. How are you feeling about this? How are you feeling about that? It's not just we're free to go off your pop. It's very, um, yeah, very caring. Yeah. I yeah. Love well, first I want to say just in general, imagine everyone listening, like how transformative it would be is even if we weren't in a like free love style relationship or polyamory or whatever, if you could just have the respect and like willingness to be so open about your, what you're feeling, even if it's like a said guilty feeling like, Hey babe, like, you know, I went out to pizza with the girls tonight and there was a really attractive guy there and he hit on me and I didn't know what to say, but I feel like really called and exploring it. And like, I'm, I'm not sure why I feel this way. I just want to like, let you know, you know, like how good that would be to be like, wow, like, thank you for sharing that with me. One, thanks for even considering telling me two, thanks for being so honest with me. Three, like, I really appreciate you sharing that, you know, like the whole thing and just like really being 
radically honest with another person, because why would you hide that from a person that you're so intimate with or that you're sharing your life with, you know, like you'd tell your girlfriends about it. Like, why wouldn't you tell your partner about it? 100%. Yeah. I recently read this book called Polysecure by Jessica Fern. I highly recommend it. It's about attachment styles in non-monogamous relationships and how to be secure in them. And I can't remember the exact sentence. Someone else is currently borrowing it off me, but it says something like, if you are thinking of opening up your relationship or getting into free love or polyamory or whatever it is, be prepared for the biggest personal development journey of your life because every single trigger that you didn't even know you had is going to come up. And with that, the only way to get through it is through good communication. So I thought I was good at communicating and I thought that I had healed a lot of my insecurities and my wounds and my father wounds and my mother wounds and all that stuff. But holy shit, the stuff that this is unearthed and the amount of pain that I have felt like literally crying in the fetal position, like an ego death of like everything I knew of how a relationship should be, how a union should be, like someone who I'm so in love with, seeing him fall in love with someone else. It's just like, whoa, like the pain of my ancestors, like who have, and you have to really look back. What was your ancestry like? Like for me, on my dad's side, his parents were forced to be together. Like you got her pregnant, her, um, my grandma's dad, put a gun to my grandfather's head and was like, you better fucking marry her now because you knocked her up. Now they're together and they're still together to this day. And they never wanted to be as young, you know, teens or young adults. So for me, like having that ancestral baggage, like, fuck, all these people are forced to be together. There's two people, boom, must be married, must be married. And even for me, when I left that five-year relationship, I was shamed by my dad and my grandfather who have very old school beliefs about how you were together for so long, you were meant to get married, you should have a baby by now. And I'm just like, whoa, like, why the fuck would I do any of that if I'm going to be unhappy? Look at you unhappy motherfuckers in your relationships. Like, fuck off. Like, who are you to tell me? So, yeah, there's so many stories that we have to drop and all of these stories are connected to our ego, our ego saying it should be this, it should be that. But, um, yeah, communication, it's just gotten better in the last few months. And how lovely that when you are triggered, one thing we're all learning about, because we all get triggered over different things, is what we're currently trying to do is when, as soon as we feel it, we voice it. Rather than going quiet, stonewalling, quiet treatment for a day, two, three days, it's like, guys, I'm triggered right now. This is what it is. And all three of us can have a quick chat about it and move through it, hug it out, give each other love. Because it's all love. We all know deep down it's love. Um, but yeah, communication. If you want to work on it, open up your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's something so many people struggle with, especially even just being able to voice your needs. Like so many times I have girlfriends tell to me like, oh, I, I my partner would do more of this. And I'm like, well, have you told him that something? You and they're like, no, I haven't yet. And I'm like, so uh, why are you expecting that he's going to read your mind and figure that out? Like I've gotten to the point in my relationships or any connection I've had with a guy, like if something is missing, I just flat out tell you, <laughs> like it's, it's that simple. Like here's what's bothering me is address, you know? Yeah, life is too short not to do that because as soon as something is communicated, even if it's not to the person, ideally it's to the person, but now I'm kind of going on a tangent here. But if you just voice out loud whatever it is that you're wanting or manifesting, that vibration literally goes out into the universe and will reverberate back to you. So even better if you do it to the actual human you want something from, but just anything in general, voice it, let it out, unblock that throat chakra and get it out. Then you can just flow more aligned and 
yeah, it's a good time for everyone around you as well, not just for yourself. Mm, and I think with that too, with having those conscious communication and all of that, it really encourage, and you can't have that without working so hard on yourself, like individual and separate from your partner, like really diving into the idea of consciousness, consciousness itself and the ego and knowing that like any type of jealousy or hatred or resentment or fear of like losing someone attachment, all of those qualities belong to the ego. Like it's not the, the true self, like what consciousness is without form. Like the ego is creating all of these things, but they don't actually belong to you. It's not who you really are. And it's not in alignment with love, like with the higher self, like with who you really are. And something I'm reading right now with Eckhart Tolle, best author ever. Uh, he talks about how consciousness or anything that is attached to form, like a specific outcome or a specific situation in life, and it causes you distress, like that's the ego. And then if you think of like a formless reality where like you're not attached to things, you're not attached to people, you're not attached to outcomes, like that's consciousness. That's like the mind of God is like what he calls it, where you're just like everything that happens, it is, it just is. You don't like label it. You don't stress about it. You don't create a problem out of it. You just accept it as it is. And then obviously your conscious mind can then digest it and take whatever appropriate action. But when, when these situations happen in like a free love type of relationship or just a normal type of relationship, we're so conditioned to automatically react like, oh, I'm meant to be angry right now. So I'm going to be angry at him or I'm meant to be jealous right now. So like, I'm going to be jealous. Like I feel jealous. I feel resentful, you know? And instead like we can allow whatever happened to happen and then look at it and be like, okay, how do I navigate this and not automatically attached to like a negative emotion, you know? Oh, I know big time. I've been living through that so much. And it's literally a repetition of allowing, allowing and letting go, like letting go, allow what's to happen, allow this love to expand. And the beautiful thing is, I guess it's different to polyamory because it's all three of us engaging in this loving expansion. It's not just Maddie and Ruby or me and Ruby. It's all three of us together. And yes, there is the individual connection that Ruby and I have, which is very different to the connection that Maddie and Ruby have, which is the exact same as how it's very different to the connection Maddie and I have and what Maddie and Ruby have. I, I just said that. Um, I mean, the other way around. Um, uh, but yeah, one thing that you said that makes so much sense, and I totally agree, is when the ego is playing up and sharing all the poisons, I, I'm saying that word because it was in the book I'm reading today, Being in Love by Osho, the poisons of the mind, the jealousy, the hatred, the resentment. When we do strip it all back and we come back to who we really are, it is love. We are literally love beings. We are born from love. We are here to express, receive, and give love. So if we can just quiet down that mind, quiet down those um, that head noise, it's like, huh, that really is the answer. So for me, if let's say they're cuddling, and at the very beginning when I would see that, my instant response was, oh, I should feel jealous. I'm going to be jealous right now. And I felt it really deeply. And I was like, Gina, it's okay. You want this. You love this. It's actually beautiful. So the, I, And I journal a lot. So the more that I journal about how this isn't a threat, this is an expansion. This is more love, more trust, more open, more allowing. And I've been able to work through that. 
And now if I see them cuddling, I can smile and feel happy about that, which is called compersion, where you can feel happy about your partner being with another. But also I'll come along and I'll join them. I'll join in on the cuddle puddle and who knows how it will end up. But for the most part, it's just loving. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, I feel like I went off on a tangent there, but we good. Um, I love what you said about what we really are at our core is just love. And something that my shaman said that I worked with in Peru is like at the base of every single negative emotion is just a lack of love. So like anger, not enough love, jealousy, not enough love, resentment, not enough love, fear, not enough love. So like we just have to keep turning the dial back and back and back until we can soothe ourselves into a place of like, how can I bring my anger, my jealousy, my resentment, my fear to a place of love? What do I have to do to get back to that place of love? Like the loving awareness that I am. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you're so right. When I think of the, the times that I have felt incredibly triggered, like there have been only a handful of times that I can count that have been really hard on me to the point where I've just been bawling and like couldn't get myself out of the negative loop and the inadequacy that I felt. And Maddie and Ruby supported me throughout the whole thing. They're like, Gina, it's okay. It's your ego. It's so loud right now. Like, we love you. We love you. We love you. I fucking love them so much. Though for me, those times where I, that trigger first came up was because I didn't feel as connected or there was maybe a hiccup or an, a disagreement or just not a perfect flow between Maddie and I. So in my, I guess, primary relationship, which we don't like to label it as such, but if you want to like look into how people will describe poly or open relationships, a primary partner is like your main one. And I'm just saying that because it's more longer. It's been longer than um, the one we've had with Ruby. But when that one felt a little bit um, like the connection was a bit not great, that's what allowed that jealousy and that trigger to hit me so much harder when if Maddie and I had the best day ever, had incredible sex the morning and whatever else, I would feel totally fine with whatever had just happened between him and Ruby. But because the connection was kind of severed, which it really wasn't, it's my own mental thing that made me feel that way. And the same thing happens for all of us. That's when the trigger can be worse. So it is really a mindful expansion of making sure everyone feels loved and honored because we can't have anyone feeling left out or less than because that's just not a vibe. And while I haven't, um, I guess, explored other types of polyamory, I have, from what I've read, that is a similar experience. You don't want anyone to feel more important than another. A hierarchical thing can be quite tricky and can really fuck with people. Um, yeah. Because then that leads to Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I wanted to ask you kind of a random question, but how have you dealt with, um, since movie movie, since Ruby moving in, uh, with like sleeping arrangements? Like, do you have an extra large king size bed or like, how does that work? So we actually have a second bedroom. So Ruby has the second bed. It's like our day bed in our sunroom, in our Zen room. Um, there's been a few nights where she slept in our bed, which have been really lovely because we all love to spoon. So it's just a big spoon fest. Um, though for the most part, she loves her own space. And sometimes when we do have times where we're intimate or cuddling or whatever else, she'll just hop on off, off our bed and go to her own room because she's just like, yeah, I need my own space. So yeah, that's flowed really fine. She knows that she's welcome anytime mm, into our room 
or if me and um, Maddie are like getting it on or intimate, we leave the door open. She knows that she's welcome to join in if she feels like, um, like we've, we've gone to like waterfalls together and if Maddie and I are like getting intimate, she's there either joining us or watching, which is really nice. Um, and there's no like weird feelings about it. So that's really cool. Uh, I wanted to know about what your, since Ruby has come into the picture, like what the collective struggle has been. Like, is there one thing where like you all agree, like, fuck, this is really hard right now. Like, how are we going to navigate this? Mm. Yeah, there's been a few things, though. We're working through it so quickly that I almost like don't even want to give it more energy, but I'll share it anyway. So for me, my biggest thing that comes up is jealousy. And then with Maddie, it's kind of the same thing because with me and him, it's kind of like the understanding that we won't be exploring elsewhere unless we have that communication. But for Ruby being quite new to this, she hasn't felt the need to communicate. So she's been going on other dates, meeting other people, exploring those connections. And for Maddie, that's really triggered him because he almost expected the same level of communication that I would give him from her even though he never communicated that to her. (laughs) So I'm just like, dude, if you want that, if that's your expectation of how openness, free love should be, that's in his words, that's honor. You honor the other person. You check in. How do you feel if I was to go on a date with this person? Or, hey, I may sleep with this person tonight. How do you feel about that? He expects that, but never told her. So again, it's communication. So in terms of how we get through it, the only way that works is for all three of us to talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, communicate it, get it out. And even things that we don't want to talk about, like the deep, dark assumptions and truths that we have, like one deep, dark assumption that came out was, um, are you manipulating me? Like, are you just into Gina and you're actually just leading me on along the way? Because me and her were the ones who established that relationship So all of these deep, dark things had to be brought to the surface in order to be squashed. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, can't you feel what I'm feeling? We're all feeling the same energy. I'm not manipulating you. But it had to be spoken about. Um, But also meditation, self-work, it very much is a self-personal development journey. And we're all each unique individuals. And it's only if we're all feeling good within ourselves can we then come together and have this be the beautiful experience that it is. Um, yeah. And for me, journaling, like journaling out, I was actually like going through seeing like, Oh, what could I read out? But I don't know if it, like, I feel like I've spoken about it already, but I've written down journal entries of like, um, where I felt really distanced or when I felt really triggered and like writing letters to myself, writing letters to Ruby, writing letters to Maddie. Um, and then, yeah, on the days when things are great, it's like, fuck, this is the most divine experience I've ever had. What a beautiful expansion. So, yeah, journaling and just getting those thoughts out of your head and onto paper is really helpful. And I think helpful before you go and speak with your partners because that way I that, I guess it could be a bit less like jibber-jabber and less spiraling out of control. It's like, yeah, I felt this. I'm kind of over it, but here's what happened. Thanks for listening. Let's hug it out and move on with the day. <laughs> I love that because I find I always have to journal before like anything, before any conversation with anyone, before I even talk to my friends about it or whatever, like when it comes to relationships and everything goes in the journal first and then out of my mind. And, and you can even take it a step further and like bring your journal 
to the conversation with your partner and be like, this is kind of like the things that I was writing about. Like, I'd love if you could hear me out. Like I felt really vulnerable and like emotional when I was writing these things. And like, I'd love to just share them with you, like with non-judgment and like loving, like unconditional love, you know? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I love that so much. And I do the same. And if I ever hear someone that isn't journaling, I'm just like, what do you mean you're not journaling? Like, how do you deal with life and those thoughts that are running wild? Um, so yeah, a good example, Maddie and I went yeah. camping yeah. one weekend and I, I got triggered over something. I can't even remember what it was, but I got so triggered to the point where this was my, I guess, conflict resolution slash not resolution style. And I think many can relate. I just go quiet. I just cannot speak. I'm so triggered that I'm, I'm stonewalling. And it's because, um, growing up, that's what I was shown that's what I was mirrored so with my dad he would stonewall as like a silent treatment type of thing but my mom would do it just as like a to keep the peace like I'm just going to be quiet to not piss this motherfucker off because he's going to lose his shit so it was just a quiet household so for me if there's tension or unhappiness or a trigger I'm just like oh I'm just going to be quiet and try and keep myself safe and not get in trouble but that's a really bad way to communicate because that's not communicating but anyways I felt really triggered. I went to the beach with Maddie that we went to opposite sides of the beach because we just really needed some motherfucking space. And I journaled and I wrote out exactly what was on my heart, why I was triggered, where I came from, from this point of my upbringing, blah, blah, blah. And then I went and reconnected with him and I just gave him my book. I'm like, read the next three pages. He read it. I didn't have to say anything. We hugged it out. We went for a surf. So, yeah, it's a good idea to share your world. <laughs> <laughs> in, in most cases someone wouldn't want to share their journal because they're worried about like the judgment from their partner like the upset but if you can have like a mutual understanding between the two of us like no matter what you share no matter what you say or no matter what you feel I honor and respect that and I want to hold space for what you're feeling and no matter even if I can't see it the way that you're seeing it, what you're saying and what you're thinking, what you're feeling is still valid because it's your own perception of what's happened. And I honor that and I value that, you know? 100%. And one thing I really love about Maddie is he's incredible at communicating and he's gone through some pretty fucked up experiences with previous partners that he's explained, like a lot of really toxic just a lot of toxic things, really bad communication. And he knows himself, he was really toxic at times as we all have been. We had to learn and grow through these experiences to get to where we are. Though when I am really not in a good place or I am really deeply triggered by jealousy, he he's really good at saying things like, um, one thing I love is, Gina, I love you. I love you so much. I love all of you, even this part of you. I love you so much. And it's just like, yeah, there is no hiding. There is no shame because this is who we are. And the more that he can understand my triggers and my background with my previous partners or with my parents, and the more I understand his triggers with previous partners and what happened with his parents growing up, his fears of abandonment or whatever else has come up for him, that's, yeah, it just makes the relationship even better, more full of understanding and love. So be vulnerable. If you don't want to share your journal entries, which I do recommend, just share and have a conversation, share your heart because that's how you can grow with someone. And the more they, that, that they can know you, the more that they can support you. Mm. And, and I love what you, the idea of like a full understanding of that person. And that's something that 
you need to take like deliberate action and and coming to find out about that person and and that goes all the way back to when they were born you know what they experienced as a child what their relationship was like with their parents how that relationship evolved over the years what that relationship is like now what their previous partners were like and while that sounds like all oh, you know whatever the past is the past like that past created that person and shaped that person and evolves their conscious their consciousness and their perceptions and that's something that's helped me so much in my level of understanding with my previous partnerships is remembering like this person while we may see eye to eye on some things and while we are communicating they're still perceiving this situation in a completely different way for me because they are a completely different person they have they're seeing this through a different lens of perception so who am i to say like why are you feeling this way or like that was so rude of you or that was so disrespectful of you or like whatever maybe from their point of view or from their conditioning or what have you it wasn't rude or it wasn't disrespectful or it came from a place of hurt that they never healed when they were a kid and and then you can be like wow I'm I'm seeing where this is coming from and I have compassion for you or I understand you better because your mom did this when you were young or whatever. Yeah, 100% being able to have that compassion and you know, understand where they've come from, but also compassion in putting yourself in their shoes. So for example, we've talked about like we hate doing role plays in the sense of like what ifs because obviously we can't live in that reality but just in these moments where I am really upset or have been really upset just thinking back Maddie imagine there was a man that we connected with and there was me you and another man that I was deeply in love with alongside you and he was living here and you would walk out me and him are cuddling on the couch me and him are going on dates together spending days at waterfalls without you kissing all that kind of stuff what would come up and he's like, yeah, everything that you're feeling right now. And I'm just like, yeah, so it's understandable, right? And of course it's understandable. We get that for sure. But um, yeah, we still understand that those feelings are there, understand that they're mostly egoic and there's stories of how things should be. And the word should is a terrible word because nothing should be anything. We should simply feel love, accept love, give love, receive love, encourage love. So that's very much the growth that we're on now, just allowing, allowing, letting go of any feelings that don't serve the highest version of ourselves. Um, yeah. And just really embodying that beautiful aspect of it all. I want to know more about when you say you did like a role play sort of experience with Maddie to like help get to a mutual point of understanding. What does that look like or how do you play that out? Yeah, so the first one that he did with me was we were at a restaurant getting some takeaway pho. It was so yummy. But as we were waiting there, a really famous actress um, was at the counter alongside us, and I was just like, whoa, she is gorgeous, like even more gorgeous in real life. I was like, damn, like I would love to talk to her. And he's like, fuck, I would love to talk to her. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, we went, sat outside, we're eating our food, and the conversation just came up about like, oh, if we were to invite her on a date, whether I would or he would. And he was like, imagine like I go up to her, I get her number. She's a vibe. Um, I would like, let's do a role play. And he literally said, okay, Gina, I got this girl's number. Let's call her Isabel. And he's, I've got Isabel's number. Um, I'm thinking to ask her out on a date. How does that make you feel? And I was like, hmm, well, I feel like if I was to meet someone, 
I would want to feel allowed to go on a date with someone. So I want to allow you to go on that date and explore that because who am I to stop you? And he's like, okay, cool. I respect that. Thank you. I'm going to organize a date for um, this date. And they do. They go on the date. It's beautiful. He comes back home and he's like, hey, hey, Gina, um, that was a really fun date. Do you want me to tell you about it, how it went? And I can either say yes or no. Some people want to know all the deets. Some people don't want to know any of the deets. And I was like, yeah, I actually am really curious. How did it go? And he's like, yeah, it was really good. She's so funny. She has so many good stories to share. Um, it was such a vibe. And we actually organized to go on another date in three more days on Friday. And I know that Friday is the day that we normally do something or the three of us normally do something. I just wanted to see, like, how does that feel for you? And then I'd be like, huh, well, I'm kind of upset because I wanted to spend the day with you. Um, and straight away, he's like, okay, well, if you feel that way, I'm going to honor that. I'm going to reschedule because I want you to feel 100% comfortable and happy and just know that, like, you are my par- my priority. You are my internal world. This is a new external thing for us right now or for me, and I don't want to intrude. And I was like, okay, cool. I appreciate that. Like, just know that I do want to allow and get to that point. Um, but at this point, like, I'd rather we spend that quality time that was allowed for us and designated for us to be just for us. And he's like, yeah, cool. So we spend the Friday together, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, hey, Gina, like me and Isabel have been texting and um, she wants to know if we can go on our second date on Sunday night. How does that feel for you? And I'm just, and then I kind of was just like, oh, still feeling a bit ah, like, fuck, but also wanting to allow and be like, yeah, you do you. And I was like, yeah, of course, go on that date. Because if I was in that position, I would want that same allowance. So I do appreciate you checking in. And he's like, yeah, of course, I'll always check in. Um, But also just wanted to ask you, the first date that we had went really, really well. Um, And if this date also goes well, I may like give her a kiss at the end. How does that feel? And I was just like, yeah, like I totally understand that. I would want to do the same. You do what feels good. And he's like, okay, cool. But just so you know, I respect you. I love you so much. That's all that it's going to be. I'm not going to sleep with her on the second date. Um, Yeah, just putting that out there. I was like, yeah, cool. I respect that. How fun. They go on the date. It's amazing. So amazing. He ends up kissing her at the end and he comes home to me later that night. He's like, yeah, that was a really good date. Um, We're planning to go on a third date. And the conversation continues, continues up until the point where he's like, um, I think it was the third date actually, but he brought this up. He's like, look, um, after that second date, after we kissed, she invited me back to her place and I could just tell that like she really wanted me to go home with her. How does that feel? And I was like, well, yeah, I totally understand. Like I was the exact same when I met you. I fully get it. Um, and I was like, it, it does kind of hurt, but I know that's just an egoic story. Um, on the next day, if that's how you feel, sure, go for it. But the way that I said it in this role play was very triggered. Like, oh, fine. If you want to do it, just do it. He's like, Gina, like, I'm not an idiot. I can tell that you're a bit upset about it. I'm happy to take this as slow as possible because it's something we haven't done together yet. Um, and yeah, and then he didn't do it on the third day. And then on the fourth date, I think that they, um, they didn't sleep together. But what he suggested was, hey, you know that when we both met Isabella or saw her at that restaurant, she was so gorgeous. I was wondering if um, you'd want to meet her. Would that make you feel better before this progressed any further? And I'm just like, yeah, I'd love to meet. And then the story kind of went complete hypothetical, but it may happen. Um, where we're on a date, all three of us, and then me and Isabel really vibe. And then it ends up being that all three of us are intimate and that I'm a lot more comfortable with it because that's how the progression has been, similar to how it happened with Ruby. So that's kind of how the role play went. Just one example of 
constantly just checking in with the person. And with that, I was crying at some points, just being like, whoa, like the reality of this is actually going to happen because I'm allowing it to happen and I'm encouraging it to happen. But not just that it's going to happen to me or me, the victim. It's like, no, he's I'm happy and free to express that free love and connection with other humans. And so am I. And just bringing it back to, I would love the exact same. I would love the exact same. It feels really good to be free. And just knowing that we have this strong foundation to come back to that's filled with love. Yeah, that's um, one example of a role play. That was perfect. That's all hypothetical. Like you would do that whole conversation that you just gave me with Maddie. Yeah, yeah. That's the expectation. Yeah, that's Otherwise, Yeah, and if that wasn't the expectation, like let's say um, I was out one night or he was out one night and we met someone, like let's say while we're out dancing and straight away go home and sleep with that person, that is what we would call dishonorable for a few reasons. First is dishonoring the feelings of your partner, someone who you have longevity with and you wish to have longevity with, but also dishonorable in the sense that you don't even know the person. And we're very mindful of the energy that we're allowing into our life, whether it's the food we drink, the food we eat, the what we drink, the people that we allow to touch us, to spend energy with, let alone be inside of us and share that sacred sexual energy. Why would we dishonor ourselves? And after just half an hour to an hour or whatever, meeting someone, allow them into that space because that energy you're then going to bring home and share with your other partners. So it's also dishonorable in that sense. Mm, yeah, I love that. Of course, I feel this desire and I want to be with this person and I'd be stoked to be in the moment like, woo, la-di-da, like, let me interact with this person. But then at the same time, knowing you made like an honorable commitment to a certain extent to someone else. And it's not to say that you can't go do that thing. You can, but just in this moment, it's more honorable and respectable to talk with my partner first and then make that decision at a later date, if so be. Or if definitely, you- definitely. And one thing that Maddie said in the role play, he's so good at this kind of stuff. I almost wish he was here to explain and express exactly how he did it. Cause we did the exact same role play with Ruby as well, just so we could all be like, this is what we expect. This is where feelings are getting hurt, blah, 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 blah. Though um, he said something where, let's say, let's go back to the Isabel um, role play. He said to me, Gina, if she doesn't actually want to meet you or doesn't want to respect the fact that I'm waiting and being patient because I care so much about you, if she doesn't respect that, then she's not someone I want to be with anyway. So that's another, I guess, perspective shift. Like if you really want to explore a connection with this person, not just a fleeting thing. And yes, I agree. Like having spontaneous fun, like, you know, you just met the person, boom, boom, boom. I get it. That happened the night that I met Maddie. You know, it was a whirlwind of beautiful romance. It's now lasted 10 10 plus months. Um, But yeah, it all comes down to what are the agreements within your own relationship? Every open, free love, poly, whatever you want to name it, relationship has its own agreements established within that partnership. Everyone is different. Some people may have it where do as you like. I don't care. I don't want to know. Or maybe I don't care and I do want to know. Whatever feels good for you, you have to communicate that and respect it because it's only when those agreed upon uh, boundaries, I suppose they are, only when they are crossed, that's when it feels like cheating. So for this, like I've never felt cheated on once, ever, 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 because it's an allowance that we've all had. So if it was to happen where we have all set the expectation that this is what we think would feel really good for us and that's not 
adhere to and we find out not that it's like we're going to find out we'll tell each other like yo I just want to let you know that this happened we're not hiding anything from each other and if I think it ever was to get to a point where we were hiding things we'd have to end it because mistrust is just not a vibe ever but um yeah whatever rules feel good for you is what you stick with though you cannot assume that people know what your honorable guidelines are and I know that there was a few weeks there where Maddie was assuming that Ruby knew and it's like yo you haven't told her and then as soon as that conversation happened it's like oh even more like connection so please please communicate even if it's fucking hard write it in a journal if you can't use your words express it you must Mm, yeah remembering the four agreements and one of them being don't make assumptions it is something that I have to tell myself every 10 minutes when it comes to partnerships it's like Chloe is this an assumption or have you actually talked to said person about this <laughs> or like you know because we make assumptions about everything all the time about other people and about their connections or about their thoughts but if you could just going back to communication like communicate that assumption like hey it kind of feels like you're feeling this way am I correct in thinking that how does that make you feel yeah one hundred percent. And yeah. Sorry. Um, how do you think about your current expansive relationshipness in terms of longevity and like future plans? Like, are you just currently living the present? Doing what? What does that look for you and Maddie or Ruby or just you in general? Yeah, I would say that we're definitely living in the present. Um, in terms of future, I definitely want to have a family. So I don't know what that's going to look like in terms of will I remain um, or will we remain as a three-person dynamic? Will that shift? I don't know. But um, we're just going to take it as it comes. For now, it feels really good. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just go with the flow. Now, in terms of future longevity, of this type of relationship and connection and free love how do you feel about that in the long term like are you the three of you just kind of living in the present and doing what feels right and not thinking too far into it or is there a part of you that's like okay where is this heading like how are we going to do this long term yeah I would say that we're definitely living in the present and whenever future plans do come up it's like no, no 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 let's just be here now though in saying that I I'm really conscious of the fact that I want to be a mom and I want to have a family. So that thought does come up in my mind. How will we navigate that? And then I think, imagine uh, Maddie and I fall pregnant and Ruby's around how beautiful this Baba is going to have three incredibly loving, beautiful parents. Like the idea of that is so expansive and beautiful. Um, so yeah, we haven't really thought much about longevity um, for now, like it has come up in conversation where Ruby really does feel like Maddie and I are the ones that have that foundation and she almost wants that longevity and a, a partner like that for herself. And we're just like, look, we get that, but we don't want you to feel that way. Like it's an us thing. She's like, I know, but I can't help it. And I fully, fully get that. It makes so much sense. Though how it will look, we never know. We don't know who, who we're going to meet, who she's going to meet. We're just going to allow it to go in the flow and right now just be really present, enjoy each other, support each other, and just communicate every step of the way. Yeah, and I guess yeah. as, as you aren't, it's not something that you're desiring like right now 
this moment. Like, it's not like you're ready to have a child like today or next week or next month, you know, then it's not really something that needs to be of like peak concern or like peak co of the conversation because in this moment, it's not really relevant and you're just happy doing what you're doing. So why not just continue to do that until the feelings of wanting to move into a different season or a different stage arise and then you can and address it in that moment. Exactly. Yeah. And with, let's say, let's do like a role play, like a theoretical question. If you were to stay with Maddie, let's say like you decided like, this is the person I want to be with. And in this moment, we don't want to like let anyone else into our relationship. Like for whatever reason, Ruby has like moved on to someone else or whatever. And you get pregnant and you have a child. How that would be like the best case in a child in the in the picture. Wait, you mean if Ruby wasn't living with us anymore, that relationship wasn't happening and it was just Maddie and I? Correct. Yeah, I would say that same thing. We'd just be living in the present moment. Um, and if we were to explore other connections, yeah, I don't know how that would go because I feel like all their energy would be on raising this little human um, yeah, it's so hard to do with role play in that way. I don't know, but I know that it's possible. A girlfriend of mine actually expressed that, um, expressed, she shared that at a recent like music event that she was at, she saw a partner, I think who had a baby with her, like kissing and dancing with a male partner. And then after that song, doing the same with a, with a female partner. And I'm just like, wow, how beautiful. And that for me was such an expansive story. Like, fuck yeah, I would love my kid to see that it's okay and acceptable and normal to do that and to express love, give, receive love, however they see fit. Um, yeah, and just to be honest with the child, not to treat them like they're idiots because they're not. Children are so wise. And just, yeah, um, just sharing that this is a normal way to live, not having shame about it, not feeling judgmental because there's nothing to be judgmental about. It's all conditioning. So I wouldn't want to impose any negative societal conditioning of how a relationship should be based on how my parents think about it or anyone else. Um, yeah. That's beautiful. I think we'll start to see a radical shift in how parents interact with their children, like especially our generation and, and the kids that we have, because we do have, or at least our friend group, our <laughs> collective group of people that we know, um, such an, a conscious, loving, unconditional approach to um, communicating and to what we think will be our parenting style, et cetera, that it'll get to a point where it's really not that weird to have these types of open connections, even when you do have kids. Um, but for me, I think I struggle with it because or I like the idea of free love, like what you're doing. Like I would be open to doing that. Like if the right people came into my path and like it felt good and divine in that moment. And I love the idea of like non-restrictive love, I think could be like another word for free love is just like if you feel a call and a pull in that moment to interact with someone, then so be it. You should, and you should entertain that as long as you're honoring your boundaries and um, the respect that you have for another person. Um, but then when it comes to like um, having a child and like having a family, like I have such a picture in my head of like me, my partner and my child and or ch multiple children and, and we're all like happy little, like we're a unit now and like no one penetrates this unit, you know? So it's hard to imagine like 
what would that be like if we were an open partnership, even if we were like married and we had, you know, openness, open love, free love within our connection. Um, but then at, at the same time, it's like something that really scares me is committing to one person, like being married to someone and having kids with them and being in this commitment. But then you're like, sex life goes to shit. Like that's like my biggest fear. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just never want that to happen. So if that were to happen in a relationship, which I feel like it kind of inevitably does when you're married to someone for 30 years or 40 years or however long, I would be down to like have threesomes or like invite other people into our home to sleep with. Like if it means that our sex life can be like continued as like jazzy and like great then let's do it 100 yeah always do what feels good we actually are really good friends with a married couple they've been married for a long time and they've expanded us so much because they are very open incredibly open yet always go back to each other because they love each other so much now i'm pretty sure that they've never invited a, a third lover to live with them as we have done Though they do have threesomes and orgies frequently. They fucking love it. So I would say, yeah, if that's like your boundary, I actually read this recently um, in some article that I was reading. I may have wrote it down, actually. I'm going to find it so I can just quote it word for word. Okay, yeah, here is a boundary if you want to have one of these, that you are open on mutual attendance. So you're open when the other person is there. So threesomes are sweet but not individual affairs. So if that's something that feels good for you, then that's what you can establish. And another thing that this um, this couple recommended to us when we were, even before we opened it up, we were just like, look, we're considering it. We're really open to it because um, we just want to expand. We know that it's possible. We know that all the pain that we're going to feel is egoic pain and we can let it go. Though the guy said to Maddie, I would recommend you let Gina choose who to be intimate with I wouldn't recommend that you're like oh hey babe what about her what about her because she might just be insecure 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 about everyone you're pointing out it's like yo let Gina take the lead because she's the one that may potentially get hurt or triggered by it and that's exactly exactly how it naturally happened so I would say if that's the case whoever may be more likely to get hurt or let's say if it's a um like you in a partnership with a man and he wants to explore other women I would recommend that you be the one to choose a woman. Or if you want to explore another man, he can choose the other man who he may feel comfortable with. Because if it's the other way around, it can just, yeah, can be quite hurtful. Be like, well, why don't you just be with them? Like all that stupid petty shit that we don't need. Um, Yeah. Little tip. Hot tip. Yeah, I like that. The mutual attendance. That's probably something that I would feel comfortable with partaking in if it got to a point where I feel like we needed an intervention of our sex life of some sort. Um, yeah. And that's how it started. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just going to share. That's how it started for us three. Like it was agreed upon and my boundary was I'm okay with it. If I'm there, it's like an expansion of our love, us three, that we got to a point where um, it felt quite unfair for me to say to Maddie, no, you can't express the way that you feel if I'm not there. Because if he wants to grab her and kiss her and I'm not there, why would he suppress that? That would just make him resent me. And likewise, if I was to meet someone and I could only like share my love, whether it's a hug or whatever it is, only if he's there, that will make me resent him. Like, oh, this isn't actually free love. It's actually 
a um, condition, conditional love. Like I'll only allow this if you do this. It's it's not actually free and it's not nice. Hmm. Yeah, to, to concentrate on conditional love is something that I think about a lot and just how restrictive um, my relationships have been in the past because I haven't been thinking from a, a standpoint of unconditional love. And I also realized that almost every single um, level of sadness or upset or whatever it may be that I've experienced within a relationship for me all stems from like a fear of rejection. And that is like the hardest thing to overcome, you know, is just like constantly worrying about a fear of rejection. Like we don't share what we feel because we're scared of being rejected or we don't, um, want them to interact with another person because we're scared of rejection. And it's just like this, or at least for me, is like a constant fear of rejection. Yeah, for sure. That's totally understandable. And I know so many people are going to relate to that. One thing that Maddie has always shared, because he's actually explored polyamory in his previous partnerships with multiple partners, whether it's when they were both traveling, they were free to be with other people, or he would, um, I guess, share partners in intimate experiences with threesomes and that kind of stuff. So he's, he's had a bit more experience in this than I have. So one thing that he shares, oh, I just lost me. It will come to me. So he would share, Gina, what are you actually scared of? Like if the first few times that I was triggered and I was like, I don't know what I'm feeling. No, no, no. He's like, let's get to the root of it. Let's try and figure it out. Come on, breathe. Let's figure it out. And I was like, okay, I think it comes down to the stories that I have but also deep down the fear of losing what we have because it's so fucking beautiful. It's the most expansive, beautiful, loving relationship I've ever been in. Never been with anyone like, never met anyone like him. So conscious, good at communicating, so understanding of his past and his traumas and nonviolent communication. He's just so good at all that. I'm just like, wow, you're amazing. Plus he's a great cook. I'm like, wow, you got you're amazing. But anyways, that was a big tangent. I'm just giving him some love. He shared, Gina, if... Um, Oh gosh, why does it keep losing me? Okay, here he goes. He's like, Gina, if I am able to have these experiences with other people and if this allowance is allowed and open and allowed to happen, that's not a threat to our relationship. It only makes me love you more because you're allowing me this freedom. You're allowing me this free expression and I'm so fucking grateful and so thankful for it. Just makes me love you more. And I'm like, yeah, I feel the exact same way. Like the knowledge that if I was to meet someone and he would be okay with me exploring that connection, thank you. There aren't very many people on this planet who will accept that or allow it or do the personal emotional work to get through the bullshit that's going to make them feel like they're in agony to get to that point of acceptance. So thank you. I adore you. I honor you. I love you. Mm. Cheers to Maddie to giving you such kind words of affirmation and reassurance because I guess that's, a huge thing on both of our parts, like male and female or female and female, whatever partnership is recognizing what the other person needs to feel um, validated, to feel um, loved, to feel sure of themselves, to feel accounted for all of those things. Like, what do you need to feel loved? Like, what do you need to feel good? Like what would make, what would help you feel better in this moment, you know, like whether it's words of affirmation or whatever your love language is, acts of service, physical touch, or just sitting there and like holding space for another person. Mm. 
Um, there is another limb. I want to talk about like trust for a moment because there is a limiting belief or I guess, or like a fear I have that I've recently recognized through experiencing past lives in a plant medicine ceremony. But I have such a, um, what's the word? I struggle with trust because in previous lifetimes, I've had issues with lovers like leaving me and saying they would come back, but like never came back. And then like in this lifetime, my older brother who is, who struggled with drug addiction for like seven years, he was like the first man like I ever loved, like in a sense, not in like a romantic way, but like someone I had like a really deep connection with and as a brother. And then when he was going off and really sinking into the drug world and self-destruction, et cetera, he would always like lie and manipulate me and like say that he was going to be sober and then not be sober. And then he'd say like, oh, I'm, I'm better now. Like I'm good now. And and I'm going to be here for you. And I love you. And like, I'm so sorry for everything I did. And then he would like relapse and go back. So it was like this constant, like, yes, I'm here for you. And yes, I love you. And like, you can trust me and I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And then like, no betrayal, like, nope, abandonment. And I realized like through talking with a therapist and through medicine that I because it's a never ending pattern that's happened with people that I've loved, like in this lifetime and in lifetimes before. It's like my therapist told me to always just repeat to myself, like, I am safe. I am loved. I am safe to love. I am safe. I am loved. I am safe to love. And like knowing that, like, I don't, I'm, who am I to assume that like every single person that I love is going to leave me, you know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Going back like a minute ago, you said something about being able to soothe yourself or self-soothe yourself and see what is it that you need to have you feeling good. And one thing that I learned from the very first time I watched them to kiss that moment, I was like, this is so fucking beautiful, but so hurtful. Like, whoa, because like, I've kissed him so many times. I've kissed her numerous times. But then to see them, I'm like, that's divine. That's divine. Now they're experiencing the divinity. Like, whoa, so triggered. And I kept it to myself, kept it to myself for about a day. And I was like, Nadina, just shake it off, shake it off. You know, it's all love. It's all good. And then when I finally like talked about it, I was like, guys, like, I just want to let you know that I was really triggered by it. I don't know why, because it was so fucking beautiful. Because it, it was the, th the three of us connecting. Um but yeah, what I learned in that moment, and I expressed this to Maddie, is I actually need aftercare. When there is, and many people in sexual partnerships or sexual experiences, you may need a certain type of aftercare with the one partner that you're with or whoever you're with. That could be cuddling afterwards, talking about the experience or whatever it is. But I realized that because in that moment, there was like an expansion or a potential in my egoic brain, a threat, I then needed aftercare alone time with Maddie and I just to really be reassured that that connection is still good and strong and fantastic. And ever since then, in communicating that, he's like, all right, cool. That's great that I know that. So now when the three of us are together, we now make time, whether it's later that day or the next day, to just connect him and I just because I needed that. And that may just be an initial thing that I need, and maybe I won't need that later on. But that's something that I recognized and was able to communicate. And my only recommendation for you is if you feel that straight away, voice it straight away. I think for me, because I've been so used to 
being quiet when I'm not feeling good inside, that's prolonged how quickly things can progress. So please, as soon as something's on your heart, find the words, write them down and let it out just so you guys can all together move through it. Hmm. I love that. Like allowing like, yes, this kind of hurt me, but not because what you did was hurtful or because of my own insecurities or my own levels of like jealousy or hurt or sadness. And it can be kind of nurtured and um, what's the word? Wait, nurtured and soothed. It can be nurtured and soothed by you know, giving yourself more love. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So to expand on the self-soothing, I would, I was very reliant on my partners and on my lovers to really support me and help me through whatever I was going through. Part of all of this, all of this work and this opening up is also a big part of it is learning healthy self-awareness and the ability to self-soothe. And that's something I really am yearning to get better at because I'm at a point where if I'm not feeling too great, I really appreciate and love shaking it off and let it go. So a part of doing all this work, this opening up a relationship, polyamory, whatever you want to call it, free love, a big part of it is learning healthy self-awareness and the ability to self-soothe. And that's something that I'm really yearning and learning so much right now because in the past few times where I have been triggered, I have really enjoyed and love the support from my partners and my lovers because they've helped me feel loved and secure and good in myself but it's at a point where I shouldn't have to rely on them to have me feeling better it should be a self-soothing type of thing and feeling secure within myself so that's something that I'm really working on um but yeah Mm, that's a good reminder because we can so easily resort to someone like, make me feel better. Like you're supposed to make me feel better. You're supposed to soothe me. You're supp- Why aren't you soothing me? Why aren't you? We have to be our own support system, our own counselor. And like, while a partner is great to help us reflect things back to us or to help us grow and to help us learn, we still have to have that level of self-awareness where if that person is not there, I can still bring myself back to a place of love and of feeling good. 100%. Yeah. It's so essential. Okay, so with all that being said, I would love maybe two of your greatest, I mean, it's probably obvious at this point, but like your two greatest tips of advice if someone wanted to open up their relationship or create a partnership with free love, your two top tips. And other than other than communication, because that's the nice one. And well, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before you share that, the two top tips and then two of your most recommended resources for people, like whether it's a book or um, something on YouTube or something like that. Mm, Wow, it's so difficult to answer that without saying communication because that's literally the most important. Um, hmm. Well, I would say, okay, other than that, that's definitely the most important is your own self-development, focus on that, prioritize that, focus on feeling secure and adequate and feeling worthy of all the love that is available to you. Because if you don't feel any of those things, it's going to be really hard for you to open up, allow and feel secure in opening up. 
Um, and other than communication, there also has to be a lot of trust and a really strong foundation with whoever it is that you're with. Or if I go back to before I was dating Maddie and I was dating multiple people, honesty. I was honest with every single person. And I think if you are dating multiple people and let's say you go on a date with someone new and they don't know, and then you go on two, three, four dates, and then you tell them that can actually hurt their feelings quite a bit. And I say this from experience because I actually did this to someone because I was living my free love life, you know, having really good time, met someone, didn't realize who was falling for me. And it wasn't until I realized that, that I was like, whoa, I just want to let you know, like, I'm not expecting anything like serious. I'm just come out of a five-year relationship. Don't want to get back into one. And he was like, whoa, okay, well, I actually struggle with jealousy. So I'm going to have to um, pull away. And that's good. Honesty. He honored his boundary. I honored mine. So yeah, I think that answers the question. Yep. Honesty. And the first one you cut out. (laughs) Oh shit. The first one was um, self-development, personal development, just feeling good and secure within yourself. Because if you don't feel that, this just won't work. It would just be trigger after trigger after trigger, which yes, does come up, but you'll be able to move through them a lot easier, I suppose. Mm, Perfect. And then your two top recommendations for mastering this sort of free love. Yeah, I would say the only book that I've read so far on the topic is Polysecure by Jessica Fern. And it's so wild because I finished it the week before anything even began with Ruby. So wild the timing of of it all. Um, Other than that, The only other resource, I haven't really delved into um, many podcasts on the topic. Like, yeah, I've heard a few here and there, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Um, But I would just say read as many books as you can on the topic. I've been recommended a lot more. I just haven't gotten around to them. Like Like just just today, I started reading Being in Love by Osho and already four pages in, I'm just like, fuck yeah, that's going to be the next one I recommend to people. Because on the first page, it talks about jealousy and like, resentment and all these other poisons and I'm just like yeah that's literally what I'm trying to liquidate out of my life and just not feel those feelings anymore because that does not support love so I guess I'd use that as my second but I'm only four pages in so next time we talk we'll we'll see if I recommend the whole book (laughs) okay it's crazy how books come into your life at the perfect time every single time like I swear you know, like the book that I'm reading right now, I wouldn't have received it nor have would it nor would it have been relevant, you know, six months ago. But now in this moment, in this stage of my life, it is relevant and it's perfect and it's aiding me through this period of life. Books are like little messengers from the divine or something. Yeah, they really are. Okay, and last question for you, Gina, is what is your definition of love? Hmm. definition of love okay so my definition of love I would say that it starts from self-love feeling so good so confident so secure so happy so joyful so expressive so free within yourself and then being able to extend and expand that love to those around you whether it's family, random people on the street, partners, lovers, being able to express that same security, trust, honesty, freedom of expression with every single other person you interact with, that's love. And that love being free and knowing that 
if I'm choosing to have you or you and you or whoever else as a partner, that's a choice that I'm free to make and free not to make. So it's quite a beautiful thing that I'm choosing this. Um, yeah, that's love. It's just a freedom of feeling good and supporting yourself and others along the way as well. Perfect. I love that. I love all the different answers I get when I, I ask this question. It's so beautiful, especially when it's off the cusp. It's just whatever comes to mind in that moment. Well, Gina, this has been really expansive for me and for everyone listening, I'm sure. Um, I'm really happy for you and proud of you for all the work that you're doing. It's so admirable and I'm excited to implement potentially some of these qualities into future partnerships. And yeah, if you guys have any questions for Gina or you want to connect with Gina personally or like send her a message or whatever, I'll link her socials in the show notes below. And hopefully we'll have Gina back in a few months time to talk again more about our, our evolution of partnerships. And yeah, thanks again, Gina, for having a chat with me. It's been so expansive. You are so welcome. Have a beautiful rest of your day, everyone. Thank you. Bye, Chloe. That concludes this episode for today. I acknowledge you for taking the time out of your day to expand your level of awareness with me. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, I encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, if you choose to share it on your Instagram story, feel free to tag me at infinite.creators and let me know what you loved about it. If you wrote a review, don't forget to screenshot it and email it to me so I can send you a free copy of my cookbook or my dream life workbook. Thank you again so much for listening. Your support means the world to me and I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.